Welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. Here we get real about what it takes to build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, and event planner. We'll go places others won't, diving into the nitty gritty how-tos of events, strategy, sponsorship, and marketing. Plus, we have exciting interviews with those who've mastered their own craft and a segment called Interviews with Sponsors, where we get the lowdown of what sponsors really look for when sponsoring an event. This is where we win the event space together. I'm your host, Alicia May, founder of Eventistry by Alicia, mom of two, lover of Saturdays, and I'm obsessed with creating phenomenal, profitable events. With a decade of experience, I'm here to talk you through those event roadblocks and even help you get out of your own way. Don't get stuck while planning, strategizing, and budgeting an event or retreat. On the Six Figure Event Podcast, I'm your wing woman. We're going to grow your business, your following, and scale your dreams one event at a time. Hey, everybody. This is Alyssa Light, and I have officially hacked Alicia Mays, the Six Figure Event <laughs> Podcast. Hey, you are not allowed to laugh yet. This is my podcast right now. Today, I my love friends, it. Today, my friends, we are going to flip the script. I am going to interview Alicia and we're going to talk about what event planners want from speakers. For those of you who listened to last week's podcast, you know that we talked about what speakers want from event planners. And now it's my turn to put Alicia on the spot. <laughs> this so, is so great. I if love you, this. If you have not listened to last week, please press pause when you hear the tone. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Alicia May, before we start, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, definitely cookie dough. <laughs> I will go to extremes to find the best cookie dough ice cream out there anywhere. And so the best so far has been actually, you might not know it, it's a local place down where I live, Hutches on the beach. Mm, I will have to come down. Maybe when we do our next escape rooms, we could do like an ice cream tour at the same time. Absolutely love it. Down mm -hmm. for it. Sunday. For those of you who don't know, and I'm going to spill the beans here, uh, we referenced it a little bit in our last podcast. Alicia May and I met at an event called the Archangel Blueprint some time ago in Toronto, Ontario. And within five minutes of meeting, I told her I was a great guest podcaster. <laughs> she said, you can be on my podcast. And about three hours later, I said, would you like to do an escape room tonight? And she said, yes. And we <laughs> stayed out until way past my bedtime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had but, so much fun. I mean, it was just incredible. Just my first time doing an escape room, right? Mm -hmm. With a complete stranger. I shouldn't say stranger, but I just met Alyssa that day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in. I'm the yes girl. I'm going to say yes to new opportunities. Absolutely. And we Absolutely. escaped, by the way. And we, and we escaped. We did really well, mm -hmm. I would just like to say. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into this. So Alicia, if you were going to tell me three things that event planners want from their speakers, what would they be? That's a great question. And I love that you brought this up. So number one is great communication. Mm. And it might sound very simple, but at the same time, as an event planner, as strategist, conference organizer, whatever your title is, we have to book speakers. And that could be one speaker, that could be 500 speakers. I was just at an event that had 500 speakers. So you can imagine the communication. I can't even. Before, I know. That had to go through that. So really what we want is for you to respond to emails as an event planner, sending emails saying, this is what the event's about. This is where you should meet. Please read all information thoroughly and 
communicate back what you don't understand or what mm-hmm. you need more of and how we can help you be have this great experience on stage and before and after the stage. So, so can I pause you right there? Absolutely. Because what I hear you saying is that when we communicate as speakers, so f- for all of our listeners, I'm going to say we as the representation of the speakers. <laughs> yes. So when we get great communication from you, it's because you want us to serve your audience, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We want to also serve the person that has hired us as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if we don't hear back from we as collective event planners, we don't hear back from the vendors, we don't hear back from the sponsors, and we don't hear back from seekers, and mm-hmm. we have to report back or we have to say this is what has been done, then we, we just look like we're failing at our job. Mm-hmm. So as branch and extension of the event, the brand, the experience, we want to make sure that everybody is being handled and not handled and say like we're going to, you know. No, no, I understand. Rest, but you know, everything is flowing in, in this great 360 kind of ecosystem. And the only way we can do that is communication and reaching out and, and making sure that your needs are being met. And so that when your needs are being met, we're meeting the needs of our client, of somebody that has hired us. Absolutely. There's something else that comes to mind right now. And that is the really demanding speaker. So we've just talked about the one that doesn't communicate well. What's it like to work with a really demanding speaker? Right. It's going to be coming to point number two, because I have a great story to share with you. Oh yeah, please tell me. Okay. So point number two is great communication. You want us to get back to you in a timely manner because as much as the audience is your client, you are our client and you have stakeholders that you need to report to. Did I get it? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So sorry, that was point number one. Point number two, understanding their humanity, right? They are we are people, you're people. And when we deal with people, because we're in this environment of putting on events for people, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that the demanding speaker, we are just trying to pleasing everybody. We're trying to do our job. And the best way possible is, like I said, communication. But if you're demanding that all of the orange Skittles are pulled out of the bowl, that's something that maybe your personal assistant can handle for yourself. Mm. That's not part of our job roster, although we've all done it. I'm sure that anyone who's listening, who's put on an event, who's an event planner, has dealt with a speaker that has crazy demands and said, well, I need this and I want roses in my room and I want the carpet laid out and I want this and this and this. And so the story that I want to tell is, I'll keep the name anonymous, but speaker that I was dealing with, one of an event last year, and it was on the West Coast. I'll just that much mm-hmm. in the States. So kind of different from Canadians because mm-hmm. I would say like Canadians and Americans, right? You know, the stereotype. My job was as event coordinator, planner, strategist to ensure I read the room and my job description, setting up the stage and production and AV and all that fun stuff. She had a separate sales team. And so the sales team were at the back of the room on day two, taking credit cards, filling out forms, yep. all that fun yep. stuff. Okay. So that was, can I just be clear that that was, so a cell from stage or a cell at the back of the room was part of the agreement that you had with this exactly. particular speaker. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So she was allowed to do that. She was allowed to do that for sure. Okay. And okay. anyway, so the forms at the end of the day, I cleaned up the banquet hall, people, catering people came in, cleared the room, et cetera. I left for the day and the forms that were left at the back of the room were misplaced and they had credit card information wow. on them, very sensitive, sensitive information on them. And so she called me and said, can you go and find them? And I said, yeah, that's no problem. It's still the hotel. I'll go venture down. 
And this was about two, three hours later. And there was another event happening that night. And so they had cleared the room. And she said, well, you need to find them. This is your job. And I said, well, I'll try my best. I can't guarantee that I will. So I went to the back of the hotel where the dumpsters were. You can probably know where this is going. Oh my God, you did not. I did, I did. I was trying so hard to please her and people know me as a people pleaser maybe. And that was actually a pivotal moment in my life and as an event person. But I asked the security guard, I said like, where's the garbage that just came out? Is it like easy to get to? Can I just pull it out? Anyway, we, both the security guy and I, we actually physically got in the dumpster. And oh my God, I am... I am beside myself right now. And that's not even the best part. We, we, oh. retrieved, we retrieved about eight out of the 10 that were missing. Okay, so there's two missing. And we looked through bags. I mean, we were going through freaking garbage, okay? <laughs> I mean, gross, disgusting. I couldn't even. So I retrieved them and I gave them back to her. I said, look, I, I went through the dumpster and I found eight of them. And she said, you know what she said to me? You need to go back in there and find the next two. She did not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let my humanity out for a minute. That's, I am flabbergasted. Yeah. I don't know that I could spell that word the first time if I tried, <laughs> but let me tell you, I am. And so in, in that moment in my life, I thought, okay, grown ass woman, I'm going to swear. I'm a grown ass woman. I have two kids. I have a house. I've got an acre of yard to cut. You know, and, and I'm just thinking to myself, no person should be willing to do that. And I offered, and that was on me, I offered, and I said, you know, I'm going to get make this right. Not only did she not say thank you, or mm-hmm. that was so great of you to do that. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. Alicia, you were some sort of gratitude. I don't want mm-hmm. the world to be stopped for me. I'm like, I'm doing the best thing I can. But it was the, grat- the lack of gratitude and the lack of understanding that I literally went in the dumpster for her, and I smelled like rotten bananas and puke, <laughs> and she was just not grateful after everything that they that went smoothly and anyway so i said i will not go back in the dumpster and that was the day that i specifically said to myself i am not planning another event ever i am hiring a team and i am more of the consultant strategy aspect with sponsorship attached to it i did not like the you know, the, the relationship and the, the way that i was being and event planners sometimes get the grunt of it because it's a stressful thing putting on an event. So who else is their front row and center? The event planner. And they get that stress, they get the crap, they get all of that stress directed at them. Mm-hmm. Understanding the, their humanity and everybody's human and we're all working towards something greater good. We're working on our goals. We're working on our business, our life, mentally, physically, spiritually. And to have something like that happen is you have to understand that we are just people and we are We should be supporting each other, not saying go back in the dumpster. Yeah. And I'd like to also add to that, that we're a team. And even if I bring staff with me, I'm still a team with my event planner. I'm still responsible for me and they're still responsible for them. And I want them to say, hey, I need help with something. And for me to be able to say, hey, I can do that. Or I can't do that right now, but I can do it later or whatever. And I don't sell from the back of the room, but for the speakers that have that as part of their contracts, please, please be responsible with other people's sensitive information. Absolutely. Like your event planner is not responsible for that. You are, you took their money. You took their credit card. They trusted you. Please understand the weight of responsibility that comes with that kind of faith that people are putting in you. 
that was not part of my daily production, right? So that was not nowhere in my moment to moment schedule. I did not have anything to do with this. And I wanted to help out. And that's what the team player does. Mm -hmm. Planner does is we Mm -hmm. help out. Anyway, so (laughs) understand their humanity is my point number two, because it is so vital. It is so vital. We are, again, just trying to do our job and everybody is in it to be successful and to grow. And like I said, hopefully grow (laughs) and hopefully be the next entrepreneur or grow their money or grow their following, et cetera. The other great thing about we are all people on the really positive end of it is when a speaker and an event planner can be excited for each other. Right. That is just such a neat thing. When I was out for lunch with one of the event planners that books me fairly regularly recently, and she had shared with me a little bit about her family and something that her daughter was succeeding with for the first time. And it was so neat to just be part of that. Oh, that's incredible. You know, and then to be part of the humanity of when I speak, and I'll just use my references here because I don't want to speak on behalf of another speaker without their permission. But somebody was in my audience a few months ago And he came up after and he handed me a card, like an actual greeting card. (laughs) And I'd never had one, no one had ever given me one. And after literally I finished the speech and he walked up and the note that was on the inside was so, I was so grateful for that. And I thought, Hey, I'm also on a team with the people in my audience because I'm for them. And it was so neat to get a little of that back. So figure out ways, little ways that you can celebrate other people. I literally, and I think I showed this to you when we met a few, what was it, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago now, I have in my purse, like I keep greeting cards and stamps and I keep Canadian ones and I keep American ones because when I'm in America, I don't want to have to go look for stamps. So, you know, (laughs) I'll buy a pack and I keep them in. And so I can just mail things to people. When I was in England, one of my favorite things to talk about is how easy it is to bring community together through communication and it doesn't have to be complicated. So for all the people that I met with at a particular event 10 weeks ago now, for all of those people who gave me their business card, if they had an address on their business card, I sent them a postcard from England when I was there. Oh, that's incredible. You know, it was only like 25 people. And you know, some people right now are going, oh my God, 25 people. <laughs> there were you know, several hundred people in the audience, but you know, about 25 people had given me their card and had their address. And it was the same message on every single one of them that I didn't know personally or that I hadn't met with that day. And it just said, hey, here's an example of how easy it is to let somebody know you're thinking of them. Greetings from England. You know, something really simple. That kind of humanity and remembering that we're all people like, is so, so important. Exactly. And one of the things that event planners, I personally have done is write cards for the person that has hired me or the speaker Mm -hmm. after. And typically we would say from the event itself, from the team at the Mm -hmm. event, from the team at whatever Mm -hmm. I was working for. But then I would put in a personal touch. So if there's something from their talk, if I was able to listen, then I'd put that in Mm -hmm. as a personal touch. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. your your presentation was amazing. And Mm -hmm how I'm going to use it or apply it or remember. Oh, I love that. Can I just say, I have to jump in here, Alicia. So juicy what you just said, because when somebody knows it enough to say, hey, this was the part that I really liked, mm-hmm. it feels so, there's just something so juicy about that versus your presentation was well-received. Right, right. Right? <laughs> like to say, this is the part that people talked about. I go, exactly. yes, they got it. Because exactly. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that kind of note, or if, you know, if there's something 
a gift or you don't have to do a gift. A note will just do fine. Mm -hmm. Or even a voice note or a little mini video sometimes I'll record for my mm -hmm. speakers. Mm -hmm. Just sending them out and saying, oh my goodness, you did a great job. And this is what I loved. And I can't wait to meet you again mm -hmm. somewhere else. Yep. On that gift note, can I jump in there as well? Are you okay with that? So I generally send a gift to my event planners who have booked me. And I know, okay, speakers, I'm just going to talk to you. It's me and you here, okay? When you send a gift to your event planner that is branded with your logo, colors, whatever, all that does is say, hey, hire me more. Hey, I'm in your face. Hey, hey, hey. It is not what you should do. This gift is about them. So if they shared something with you, Prime example, Alicia told me that she loves cookie dough ice cream. Do you think that I'm going to forget that? No chance. Nope. I have an event planner. One of their children really struggles. They're on the autism spectrum and there's a very specific thing that they like to do. And while I was away on another speech, I happened to be in a bookstore. I love bookstores. And I found kind of like a magazine, but a kid's magazine with all these different ways that you could do something within this particular interest that this child had. And I gave it to my event planner and they were almost in tears because somebody had listened to them. It does not have to be complicated. You just have to look at people for who they are because that's ultimately what they want. It's funny how this conversation, this to me is just common sense, right? But some people I feel get wrapped up maybe in the event and the stress of it. And they don't realize that, like I said, understanding their humanity is something that we should do on a daily. It's like going to mm -hmm. the store and mm -hmm. Even though I'm very fully capable of holding my own door, if somebody holds the door for me and they're ahead of me and say, oh, you're behind me, mm -hmm. common courtesy, common sense to me, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. most people just don't have it. Or mm -hmm. here's another example, or I should say most people don't have it, that's kind of rude, but some people just don't think, and maybe the work's getting in the way or the stress, I don't know what the motivating factors are, but for example, I was at an event a few weeks ago and the fire alarm started going off at an event. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was not organizing it. I didn't have anything to do with it. And somebody came up to me and said, you need to do something about this. <laughs> I have that person too, Alicia. <laughs> and I said, um, <laughs> only the firemen can do something about this. I am not a fire. Do I look like a firefighter? You know, and yeah. all these thoughts were coming into my head, but I just said to her, I said, really, the firemen have to make sure there's no fire so you don't burn to death. So something like that, again, where's the common courtesy? Where's approach of, I'm an attendee at this event and I have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> so I get really flabbergasted about, here's a word for you again, um, about that kind of approach where this should be common sense, no? Yeah, and if you're the speaker on stage when something like that happens, here's what you do. You stand there and you say, Everyone, I can see that there is something else that's happening right now that needs to take precedent over what I have to say. We're all just going to remain calm and the event planner is going to come up and give us instructions now. Exactly. Professional. Like, you have to hold the room. Professional approach mm -hmm. to when shit hits the fan. There's a great example, again, when the fire alarm was going off at this event, the speaker mm -hmm. said, I don't know what's going on. Somebody, oh, really? And a very, just a very funny approach to the whole thing. Well, it's obviously not... The event's fault, it's not the planners, it's not the speakers, mm -hmm. it's not the mm -hmm. attendees, it's just mm -hmm. something that happened. Mm -hmm. For anybody who's like, okay, but I, I'm not there yet, you had referenced, I don't know what their motivations are. It's not that they're motivated not to do something, it's that they don't have the recognition that something else should happen. Right. There's a fabulous book I'd love to recommend. Am I allowed to do that? Absolutely. 
So What the Dog Saw by Malcolm Gladwell is a collection of essays that he wrote that really encompass mindset and human dignity. And I would recommend that anybody read it. It is also fabulous on audio. What the Dog Saw by Malcolm Gladwell. Great, thank you. I'll add those in the show notes too. Awesome. And now my friend, the last thing, and I have two questions for you after that I have written down. Perfect. What is the third thing? So we've talked about great communication. We've talked about all being people and seeing each other as such. What is the last thing that you want from a speaker? So the last thing that I would love from a speaker is being prepared and being prepared. The irony of this statement when you've booked a speaker. (laughs) Many different faucets, but being prepared in your presentation for one. And I know there's some conflicting, I know you were gonna get into it, but having 500 speakers all tweaking their presentations on the same day is not something that we as event planners and organizers can really handle and Mm -hmm. really can have the capacity to handle because there are 500 other people that want to tweak their presentations. Mm -hmm. So being prepared in the terms of when you show up at an event, and this has happened to me, where a speaker is very flustered and they've come in, their flight has changed, And I understand that whole thing when, you know, I had a layover and that was 12 hours behind. And so I was able to come the next day instead of the night before. And and that really goes, that really puts a dent in your plans, especially as a speaker. Mm -hmm. However, when you come in and say, oh, I've got just a few tweaks and I'm I'm flustered and the energy that you kind of outwardly produce is one of chaos. And so Mm -hmm. that chaos is also felt by other attendees Mm -hmm. and people that are because people see everything and being prepared as a speaker will help organize the room, keep that energy flowing, that continuous Mm -hmm. momentum that other speakers on the stage currently are producing for the attendees. So when you come in flustered, flabbergasted, and just, Mm -hmm. it just kind of really puts, sets the tone that you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And I think that also comes to do confidence too. So even if it's your first time speaking, and I understand it's nerve wracking going up on the stage. I mean, I was like shitting my pants when I went on the stage for the first time too. Mm-hmm. But it's also feeling how, again, the communication of the event planner and the speaker have come into the months before. What was that like? Because you shouldn't come in off unprepared when you should know everything from the event planner. Mm-hmm. Especially if they've done everything that they should do in the great communication piece, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Alicia, I'm going to tell you about a time that I have intentionally left a piece of my presentation until I got there. Interesting. I want to get to know the audience. And as much as I want to do that, and I try to do that beforehand, sometimes when I arrive, something funny happens or something interesting happens, or I find out that just in the last couple of days before the event, some major talk piece has come up in that particular industry. Mm-hmm. And I will, when I get there, because I arrive very early for my presentation, chat with a few people, find out if anything's changed in the last few days, make sure I know where the bathroom is. <laughs> and, uh, I'll say, oh, could you tell me a little bit about da 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 if something doesn't come up? And I have had the opportunity to actually put in really interesting photos of things that relate to something that just happened so that the audience knows that I understand what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. How do you actually come in very confident and say, I need to edit my presentation because you, you said you come well in advance mm-hmm. to the point where the event hunter is like, oh, I, you know, because they're running around that day. So that makes sense for everybody. 
and not just, you know, because if they're tweaking other people's presentations very last minute, sometimes mm-hmm. they get very overwhelming. So I think the key here is that I don't actually tell them that when I show up, I tell them that before I show up. Mm, great. So I say to them, just so you know, I have a place in my presentation for this particular thing that I can put in based on what happens very close to the event. Here's why I do it. And I will make sure that that USB with my presentation on it is still available, whatever the requirement is, 45 minutes, 60 minutes before the presentation, it'll be done. Perfect. That's a great, great, great way to Mm -hmm. really get everything prepared, Mm -hmm. be very um, strategic in how you're presenting yourself in the presentation and Mm -hmm. keep being well-received. And what's really interesting is I've never had an event planner complain about it. Because you're so professional, I think. Because you are not coming and saying, oh, I need to edit my my slides. Where is it? You know, and Mm -hmm. so that kind of attitude, but that kind of energy, chaos makes Mm -hmm. me chaotic. And then if people read that, so Mm -hmm. I I love that. I love that suggestion. Maybe I could give one really specific example. Would that be okay? Absolutely. I don't do a lot of speaking in the youth crowd, the young people's crowd. So I very specifically speak at conferences, associations on recruiting and marketing. Like those are my two topics, but I have a real soft spot for young people, especially people in high school. And so there are a couple of conferences that I do annually that I've been doing forever. And what I will do is I don't get to know who is organizing, who the entire organizing team is until I get there every year. It's always delegates and people who've run the course in the past years. So I'll take some photos while I'm there. And when I get there and find out who all of the organizers are and who's running it, I'll drop in funny pictures from the year before. Because it's relevant to the current audience. It makes them laugh because they go, hey, that happened. Maybe I can be part of this. Exactly. So it actually creates community because people get to see that humanity. I love that. That's a great point. And they know I do it every year. I show up, you know, I show up two hours early. I have lunch with everybody. They put me in the room 45 minutes before everybody shows up and I dig through and decide which ones I'm going to put in. I love that. Oh, that's good. So again, knowing that perspective from a speaker is really helpful and insightful for event planners and for people that are planning events on their own or taking it into their own hands as entrepreneurs. So yeah. And I can say that if I had an event planner who was like, I'll use your example, we've got 500 speakers that is not going to work for this presentation, Alyssa, Mm -hmm. I need to have it seven days in advance. Okay. I will absolutely honor that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So Gloria, your turn. Oh, I was just going to say the more prepared that you are for that kind of, again, that was a very, very big event and Mm -hmm. there's 500 speakers, but the more prepared you are to have that presentation and knowing the inside and that will give you, I feel that will help you with your confidence on stage as well, Mm -hmm. Um, that you're prepared beforehand, you understand. And like I said, I love that you put in certain topics or pictures of events that have happened and Mm -hmm. that's great. But Again, for that kind of event that had 500 speakers, it's probably not the best (laughs) solution. So for our listeners, this was not planned beforehand. Alicia, (laughs) I have a very specific question to ask you that you can decline to answer if you want to. And I think it could be incredibly valuable for all of the listeners. So both the event planner listeners and your speakers that are listening. Sure. When is it that you would say no to a speaker? Oh, that's a great, great question. So you've contacted them. You've got conversation going. Maybe you've signed the contract. Maybe you haven't. So maybe you could touch on that. 
and they're being non-communicative, incredibly demanding, whatever it is that it would be, what would have you say no? Right. I feel like there's a few different scenarios where I would say no. So the first thing that I would say no to is if we have booked the speaker and we haven't heard from them in like three months. So that happens. Yeah. More often than not. Oh, yes. So depends on who I'm working with, but if we haven't heard from them in months and I'm talking multiple months, then it's time to cut them out the roster. Couple weeks, three, four weeks, sometimes happens. We get it. We get an autoresponder. They're traveling. Something's happening family, et cetera, whatever. Even if we get a response from their assistant, that's great. But if we haven't heard physically from them in months, then it's time that we move on. And so I will recommend, hey, let's come to our secondary pool of speakers. How far out in advance do you normally book a speaker and how often do you want them to be in touch with you? Typically I book out a speaker six to 12 months in advance just depending on what kind of event we're doing. So some of my bigger tech events that have thousands and thousands of people, I need to book out 12 months in advance. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a smaller event, 100 people, conference, summit, entrepreneur, then typically six months in advance, six to eight, just again, depending on first annual, multiple days, et cetera. All right. And I guess, you know, I have another question that we didn't plan that just came to mind. How often do you book a speaker to be there for more than one day? And do you appreciate that a speaker is willing to do that? That's a great question too. And I love that. Yes, we would love to see speakers stick around and mingle with the audience on several days because as an attendee, so I'll speak as an attendee, first of all, for, so as an attendee, and I'm attending an event and I want to speak to somebody that has taken the stage on day three and at the very end of the day, there's no time to speak to them after the event, typically, Mm -hmm. because they're flying out. So I make a point of, if I want to meet that specific person, I'm going to meet them in the first few days beforehand. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense. If they've flown in the day of, right before their speech or their presentation, and they leave right after, there's no actual human connection, no human touch. So I personally would love to see speakers stick around for as long as they can. I know life and kids and other events have happened, but it would be amazing because you have more opportunity to connect with your audience and your ideal, hopefully your target audience that are dying to, they're hanging on to your words and they're saying, what else can I do? How can I work with you? What's the experience of your course, your program, your next thing in business that you're doing? I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's absolutely Something that I would recommend to any speaker that is attending or speaking at an event. That's fabulous. Thank you. That's really, really great insight. Mm -hmm. When you actually book a room and take it to the next step, we're saying, Mm -hmm. I can meet with you. Here's how. And Mm -hmm. sign up for my 15-minute consults in the boardroom B. Yeah. And I'm going to pause right there because I don't call it a consult. Here's Mm -hmm. what I can do for you. That's not why I meet with people. I do my thing. And then I say to people, if you want more or something really specific for you, come and see me. So it's really times of service as opposed to a consultation that to me, consultations often lead to sales. And that is not the expectation at all. It's literally, I want to give, would you like to come and spend time with me? And I would, yeah, I would never say to you, I would never think that you would actually sell somebody. Mm -hmm. I think that just meeting somebody and understanding what their needs are. And I know you personally, so I know that's what you do. So, but some people are, they set up and they want to sale for sure. I'd be really curious to see 
what the difference is between you, who's very much on, you know, wanting to get to know people as opposed to the salesman in the next room, you know, and what the conversation looks like to people that are meeting with them. Yeah. And I think another important note is that's how my contracts are set up. And it could be that that salesperson, that's how their contract is set up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure that we as speakers honor what it is that we agree to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were going to say to people, here are some of the differences between events in different areas. For example, we you, so let me be more specific, Alicia. You mentioned, oh, I was on the West Coast in the States and we know that things are different. I would attest that things are very different in different areas of North America, oh. not just between Canada and the U.S. For sure. So if you were going to point out just because I know we're running out of time here, but you know, just a couple of really simple things that you notice that are a little bit different that speakers could benefit from knowing culturally in different areas, not just different countries, one or two of those things be. You have a very solid point that different cities are different in nature and energy in landscape and all those things and the way they respond to different events. Even my mind went to event marketing and marketing in different cities is so different. So understanding, first of all, from a, maybe a client and an event planner perspective, that if you're marketing in Los Angeles, it's very different than marketing in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And how you can differentiate between those two cities is really by actually visiting them firsthand before you plan an event there. And same with if you're planning an event in a foreign country, my recommendation, always visit before you plan. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to plan an event in Italy and you've never been there. Because mm -hmm. once you have been there, for example, I went to Morocco and my client and I, we had an event in Marrakesh mm -hmm. and she had been many times. It was my first time. And I was actually going to bring my kids and I'm so glad I did not bring my kids the first time mm. because I was just navigating. First of all, they speak French and they speak different languages. So navigating that, navigating the way of taxis and the streets and the food and understanding its entirety. Because once you've been there, so not all people can visit beforehand. I get it. Then maybe finding a location that you know, and you've grown up in, or you are very familiar with. And again, finding out. So researching is the best way that I recommend to immerse yourself in the culture and immerse yourself in the marketing side too. So what other events are happening? Are they selling out their tickets? What speakers are there? So just really, again, being in the know is mm -hmm. where I like to live in. Because if I don't know, then I'm assuming. And if I'm assuming, well, you can finish that sentence. You're making an ass of you and me. So yep. Yep. remember that you have to, as an event planner, as a speaker, as whoever you are in this role mm -hmm. of the event, you have to know as much as you can. I spoke to a billionaire recently. He said to me, all that I want is people to know that if they're in business, if they're in, let's say, a construction business, then learn everything you can about the construction business. That's what differentiates you from somebody who's making $50 an hour to somebody who's a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with making $50 an hour. It's just, he said to me, he literally sat there and learned every possible, he read every book, read every, or listened to every podcast, interviewed people, went to the companies and did a very thorough market research and understood the market and understood that. Mm -hmm. The same goes with the city. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alicia, can I give a really specific example that I think would be really beneficial for both speakers and event planners? For sure. Okay. I recently spoke in Salt Lake City. And while I was there, 
I had the opportunity to go out for a drink, which is something that lots of us do, right? Yeah, of course. However, nobody drinks alcohol in Utah. (laughs) So all over the place, they have these pop stands or soda stands, and you can go and get any flavor you'd like. And it's not like, oh, so here's, you know, all the Pepsi products and here's all the Coke products. Like, I think I had one called Summer's Night and they put pureed fruit and flavoring syrups and whipped cream on it. And it quite literally is more exciting than going out for a martini. (laughs) I mean, I loved it. And, you know, that's something because I love martinis, right? But it was so much fun. And had I not known that, and had I not had that experience, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to embrace that and have that experience with someone else. Just like I took you for your first escape room, that event planner, she's called Brooke. She took me for my first soda thingy. I don't know. I can't remember (laughs) the name of it. But anyway, it was so much fun. So there are ways that we as speakers can also relate to people by embracing a piece of the culture and experiencing something new together. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, hopefully you can visit the space beforehand, especially Mm -hmm. if you are throwing an event there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I so recommend it because you didn't know that. And if I didn't know the things I know about Marrakesh and Italy Mm -hmm. and Singapore and all these places that I visited, Alaska and Yukon, I can't Mm -hmm. make informed decisions and the best decisions Mm -hmm. possible for budget and for logistics and for planning. And I live in, well, not anymore, but I used to live in Hamilton, Ontario, which is one way armpit of the world, right? With one way streets, (laughs) trying to find, you know, There are so many one-way streets in Hamilton. (laughs) Like, I hate driving there. Right? Oh, boy. Who has never visited may not know that and may not know, hey, stay away from Barton and this street where prostitutes hang out at night. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just knowing and understanding and visiting and feel and even interviewing locals. Like, hey, where should I go? Where should I not go? What's the best food? How can I get from here to there? Yeah. And if I just want to put an if in there, because one of the world's highest paid prostitutes is actually quite a brilliant woman. So if that's your crowd, you also need to know where to go. Exactly. Right. So don't take what Alicia said as something bad. It's she's saying know where to go and know your market. I just want to be really clear for our listeners there that that's, these things are very, very important. If it floats your boat, then do it. That's my motto. As long as it's legal, do everything legally. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, friend. Well, I think that we're probably about time here. I'm looking at my clock. I'm going, we could talk all day. I think we could, but all right. So the things that everybody needs. Oh, you're so welcome. And the things that everybody needs to know about Alicia, she is absolutely incredible. You can hire her to be your coach. I'm totally going to talk you here. So you can hire her to be your coach. She's absolutely incredible. She's brilliant at getting sponsorships for events. She knows so many speakers that she can hook you up with. So if you want to look good, call her and say, Hey, how can we book this person? And she's going to help you because growing a network is so important. And she knows it. Two things to remember about Alicia. She likes escape rooms. Thank you very much, Alyssa Light. And cookie dough ice cream, my friends. This has been another episode of the Six Figure Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Event Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take the tools and tips and information from our guest speakers to help build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, or event planner. Join us again next week for a new episode that I hope will continue to help you win in the events.